Welcome to Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. Celebrate food and life by learning about the culinary scene around the world. Speaking with chefs, artists and food makers, farmers, authors and tastemakers who are passionate about everything delicious. A very good weekend to you, food lovers. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. If you're hungry for beautiful food, remarkable wines, and juicy conversation, well, then you don't want to miss this show. Every weekend, I dish on the culinary landscape because it is ever-evolving. You'll hear from Food Network stars, celebrity chefs, pastry aficionados, restaurateurs, molecular gastronomers, top food bloggers, food enthusiasts, cookbook authors, and more on this show. And we talk all about fabulous food and wine and spirits, travel and health, and living the best life. So I hope that you won't miss a truly sumptuous conversation with me, because the most passionate food and wine lovers listen here. So, I have lots of gastronomic inspiration coming up, and I'm always serving up seconds, by the way, at chefjamie.com. You'll also find my shameless daily dish, gluttonous oftentimes, in fact, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen, where I hope you'll become a friend and a fan. Because I like to say, if you love to cook or love to eat, better yet both, then we could definitely be friends. And if you happen to have missed a show or you'd like to master a topic, you can find my podcasts with outlined show descriptions on iTunes under Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. Speaking of grand culinary guests, coming up, he is Andrew Zimmern, much loved in the food world and certainly much appreciated by food lovers worldwide. He is a jack of all trades and a truly good soul. And I love when he graces this show. Andrew is actually here to dish on his new Magnolia Network series. He actually has multiple series on the way. And I love watching him on TV. So I am ever excited. Later in the hour, grab your pressure cooker or whatever digital appliance you love because there is a new cookbook and it is a game changer for Indian cooking. Vasanti Badkamkar Balin is a recipe developer, a blogger, in fact, a very popular one. And she has transformed all of the unique, authentic Indian recipes from her growing up, her heritage, to the pressure cooker. That's right. Whether you have an instant pot or a pressure cooker or you have a dual slow cooker pressure cooker, let me tell you, using that quick cook function is going to make your Indian dishes come alive with flavor. And I love Indian food, so I can't wait to sit down and eat with her, and I hope you'll join us. But first, I like to start the show with a tutorial of sorts, one that makes you the best cook you know. And it's spring, so I have a bevy of lemons in a bowl on the counter in my kitchen. They look lovely just as a centerpiece, really, but I use them in everything because when life gives you lemons, I say, use them up, right? Now, if I may... I'd like to tell you a story. So many years ago, I had the privilege to stage, as it's called, or intern essentially, in Chef Charlie Palmer's kitchen. 
And you know him, of course, of great stake fame and much more, a well-accomplished, successful restaurateur, and uh, also a fine man in the industry. And I remember that he stood as the expediter in the kitchen where his line cooks passed plates to him for a final look before they were carried to the dining room to the delight of his guests. And before every plate went out, chef stood with a half of a lemon and he added a drop, and I mean a drop, of fresh lemon juice to some component of the dish. And he told me, that it was that fresh, bright pop of acid that livened up almost every dish on his menu. He said you didn't know it was there, but it made the plate sing. And I will never forget it. Charlie Palmer is known for incredibly flavored dishes, his visuals, I mean, truly decadent. And I'll tell you, it reinforced my love of lemons. Now, to me, lemons are the universally useful seasoning. The Meyer lemon, of course, a prized find, much more readily available today than ever before. So when you get your hands on some of that sweet tart variety, I say, uh, make the most of it. Make lemon curd, right? Maybe you're growing Eureka lemons in your backyard, the household variety. No matter the lemons you love or have on hand, I thought I would share some spring inspiration for the lovely lemon so that we could celebrate the season. So adding lemon juice or zest to a dish, either sweet or savory, changes its whole flavor profile. Suddenly, a blackberry pie tastes like it's packed with a thousand perfect berries, right? The acid offsets the sweet and brings the berry flavor alive. Or you've roasted some broccolini and it is no longer just a side dish. It has brightened up that gorgeous green with that lemon zest or maybe lemon zest and lemon juice that makes it absolutely craveable. Lemons are, I believe, as crucial a flavor enhancer as salt. But while salt is a mainstay, I think lemons are often tragically overlooked. So lemons have actually spread from India and Rome to the Middle East, to Africa and China before they came to the Americas. And the lemon remains one of the most widely used ingredients from continent to continent. And there is just such seasoning potential. So on your tongue... Salt and lemons, similarly, work a kind of magic. Biochemically, salty and sour taste receptors are relatively simple compared with their counterparts, the sweet, the bitter, and the umami. So when you taste salty and sour flavors, um, sodium for salt, hydrogen for sour, uh, the flavor depends on more complicated receptors. Acidity, like saltiness, leads to an increase in salivation. And so you get what is mouthwatering, right? That squeeze of lemon is oftentimes as good as a dash of salt to bring out the flavor. And I'm not saying substitute for salt at all, but I will tell you, I think there is something really powerful about a lemon. Now, besides making your mouth water, acidity cuts greasiness and heaviness, right? It gives that fresh, clean taste. Lemon juice can also change a food's texture, like when you macerate berries or you tenderize meat or you, quote unquote, cook ceviche. 
Lemon juice contains citric acid, of course. It breaks down fat and carbohydrates and protein. But lemons aren't just useful for their juice. The zest, which has all the lemon oil contained in it, is where I believe you find the most flavor bang for your lemon buck. But lemons have a bevy of health benefits too. They have been determined to help control blood pressure because they're rich in potassium. They clean toxins from the body. They can help prevent the formation of kidney stones. You will find lots of lemon inspiration, by the way, at chefjamie.com. And I'll start posting spring-inspired lemon recipes on social at Chef Jamie Gwen that you can fill your recipe box to your heart's content with. All right, before we take a quick break, it's time for food news. This is news you can use. I call it really good dinner party conversation. And I just wanted to make sure you heard about this because this is heartwarming food news, in fact. You heard about the DoorDash driver that saved a woman's life during a food delivery, right? Yes, a DoorDash delivery driver in Massachusetts is being hailed as a hero after jumping into action to help an unconscious customer. When she arrived at the door, the customer was unconscious at her steps, having had hit her head. She was bleeding. And the 26-year-old delivering DoorDash had EMT training. She called 911. She spoke to the dispatcher, followed everything the dispatcher recommended. And interestingly and fabulously enough, I think it is wonderful to know that the officers uh, have awarded her, as has DoorDash, by the way, with an educational grant. Uh, She's also received an award from the city. And it is said that without her help during that critical moment, that customer might not have lived. I think it's quite extraordinary to consider that a takeout dinner delivery has such power. And although I love to cook and love to eat every night, in fact, um, I I believe takeout is truly delightful and justified. And if your door dasher can save your life, I mean, come on, right? All right, (laughs) that's some good food news. When we come back, the great Andrew Zimmern is sitting down to dish. Please don't miss it. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Grab a snack. Come on back right after this. It's divine. It's food and wine. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Welcome back. This cookbook is a game changer for Indian cooking. The complex flavors, those alluring aromas that are the benchmarks of Indian cooking can be replicated, in fact, in a far easier way than you might think. The hours of simmering on the stove, the complex spice mixtures, the days of planning. Oh, no. Vasanti Badkamkar Balin of the acclaimed blog Signature Concoctions has had her first cookbook published. And all you need is your pressure cooker and her recipes 
to make dishes that come alive with flavor. Masalas and curries in less time than the traditional preparation sounds good, right? These really delectable Indian recipes, inspired by somewhat of a modern approach from Vasanti's time here in America, will save you hours of marinating meats and simmering stews and making elaborate dishes. So get ready for Indian food on a weeknight. If you know me, you know I love Indian cuisine, and so I am delighted to welcome to the show recipe developer, food photographer, and the creator of the popular blog Signature Concoctions, an Institute of Culinary Education New York graduate, and a cooking school teacher, Vasanti Badkamkar Balin, to the show. And I'm very glad to have you, Vasanti. I I almost... um, uh, salivated. I almost slobbered on your book, and I meant it as a compliment, just so you know. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I am so happy to hear that, Jamie. Yes. I am Congratulations. So oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yes, thank of course. you so much. And kudos to you. Um, uh, let's start at the beginning. I, I love in the mm-hmm. introduction that you tell your story. So you came um, to America um, some years ago, um, with a, yes. a very full suitcase, if I'm not mistaken, right? <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, it, it was 2001, um, and you were packed with something heavy. I didn't know you traveled with a pressure cooker. You know, it's very typical of my peeps from India to come here with a pressure cooker. So that was one of the things that my mom just said, you have to make sure you take the pressure cooker so you can at least make the basic, some basmati rice and some dal and feed yourself when you go to grad school and you're busy with studying and working on campus and all of that. And she was right, because moms usually are. Look how far uh, it took you. The name of the cookbook just released, by the way, and getting lots of attention, is called Authentic Indian Cooking with Your Instant Pot, um, because it was some years later that your husband thought you should elevate, right, to an instant <laughs> pot. And I love that, too. Yeah. I mean, instant pot is one of those electric pressure cookers. So he uh, he found out about the the kitchen appliance and he said maybe it's worth you moving to that so that you can probably use uh it use it and not have to stay um by the stove but you can walk away from it because it's an electric pressure cooker so dump everything close it and let it do its job you can go away step away and do your thing so he was right i um really like that um the this instant pot or any other electric pressure cooker for that matter gives you the ability to not uh, be there, not babysit um, your cooking, but move away and do your thing. And it'll yes. have the food ready when you come back. Yes. And that's what everybody loves about whatever it is. And I like that you mentioned that whatever it is you have, whatever appliance you hold near and dear, uh, I have yeah. a, a combined slow cooker and pressure cooker that I love. I have a, a signature caloric pressure cooker in and of itself, uh, but there nice. are amazing technologies on the market today. So whatever it is that you use, that you know the buttons and the process to, your recipes in authentic Indian cooking with your Instant Pot will apply to. Uh, I love, yeah. too, that in the back of the book, you give some 
basic spice blends to mm-hmm. bring Indian flavor alive. You make an easy garam masala. I have a dear chef friend, um, a female chef who is Indian as well, who has Indian restaurants. And when we go out to dinner, Vasanti, she always uh-huh. brings me a little Ziploc bag of a new <laughs> spice blend. And I have to tell you, it is far better than any bouquet of flowers or trinket of a gift ever. Um, and so I keep yeah, these, yes, the best. Gift. I keep these spice blends together. I want to make your quick Goda masala. That is a good one. Um, it's actually um, a, a masala or a spice blend that is from my um, native uh, hometown uh, or home state mm-hmm. in the country. Hmm. I am from the, uh, the city called Pune, which is in the state of Maharashtra. It is very close to Mumbai on the western side of uh, the country. And this is a classic spice blend from my state. And every family has their own way of doing it. But the quintessential ingredients in this masala, what makes it goda, goda means sweet. And what makes it sweet is the use of coconut, Mm. desiccated coconut or uh, coconut flakes that go into it. Yes, you had me at coconut. I I read (laughs) you need a batch of easy garam masala and then you add coconut flakes, sesame seeds, chili powder and turmeric and it's only getting better. And what do you use Mm -hmm. it most often on? Or with? Um, it's really used for anything and everything, but there are some specific recipes in the cookbook that call for it. And those recipes are from um, the, the recipes that, are, that were passed down to me by my mom, by my grandmothers. Um, hmm. Those are traditional Maharashtrian yes. or Marathi recipes from where I am. And that spice blend is used for that. A um, couple of recipes that I can think of, It's uh, one of them is the rice. Mm. Um, in the rice and grains chapter, yes. the masala bath. Mm. It's the first recipe in that chapter, and that's like a very traditional rice dish, and that masala is used for that. Yeah, for beautiful, example. with the lime wedges and the coconut. All right, that will be the first <laughs> recipe I make from the book. And then chicken tikka masala. I happen to uh-huh. love tikka masala. I know it's a very, I guess it would be called pedestrian in some ways, right? It's very basic and, and a much loved Indian recipe. But between, yeah. <laughs> but but the the heritage of it, I mean, it's deeply rooted, right? And then you add all these smart techniques to it, which I think is just so beautiful. The chicken must be so tender from the pressure cooker because we know that you maintain the moisture, in the pressure cooker, and you get a really luxurious sauce. You marinate the chicken in the yogurt along with spices, and um, literally it's a 30-minute marination on the counter while you prep the other things, and then you cook the chicken in a steamer basket inside the electric pressure cooker. Hmm. What happens in that process is, is that marinade drips down into the sauce, that you're cooking at the bottom, and the sauce is really tomatoes, onions, ginger, garlic, and spices. Vasanti, we need to take a quick break. When we come back, grab your pressure cooker, because your Indian-inspired dishes are only getting better. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Don't go away. 
We're back and we're dishing. Vasanti Badkamkar Balan is here. And if you've just tuned in, you're late. Authentic Indian cooking with your instant pot is the new release. Classic and innovative recipes for the home cook from her Indian heritage with the genius and the work done for you so that you can uh, acclimate these recipes to your digital pressure cooker. And why not? If you can absolutely embrace those rich, luscious flavors of Indian cooking in less time with more fabulous flavor, who wouldn't want to do that, right? And I think that's a testament, Vasanti, to your um, lal mas recipe. Now, any meat on the bone, yes, oh, a good one. I can't wait to make that too. Uh, (laughs) Any meat on the bone has more flavor. We know that. That's why you make chicken soup with a whole chicken, Um, you know, why Mm -hmm. if you want to grill really delicious chicken, it should always be on the bone. And I believe that any great cook or chef will tell you that. But, uh, the less expensive cuts, like let's say lamb on a bone, right? As you call for, um, bone in lamb stew meat, essentially, or even lamb shanks or, um, any of the like could be hours of braising time in the oven, this is 40 yes. minutes. This is brilliant. It can take over an hour for sure. And that is after you're done sauteing and browning the meat and then putting it in the oven, right? Right. And but I'm yes, like two hours because I want it to fall <laughs> off the bone. Yeah. yeah. No, you need that much time if you want to develop that flavor and you, if you want your meat to be absolutely like soft and match in your mouth. But yes, the electric pressure cooker here does the magic in like fraction of a time. Yeah. Oh, that recipe just looks so delicious. As does, um, uh, there's a soup um, that, and I'm on a chickpea kick lately. And I would like to say in the, <laughs> in the Indian culinary culture, you're always on a chickpea kick. Um, but there yeah. is a spicy chickpea soup that you and your daughter love, but you can only make it when your husband is traveling on business. I think this is too <laughs> funny. I really do. Yeah, he's not a fan of chickpeas or um, beans in general. Um, like I have mentioned in the introduction of the first chapter, the meat and poultry yes. chapter, he really loves his meat and poultry. So, uh <laughs> He's a protein guy. Things are secondary. Yes. (laughs) Um, The soup, though, that's that's a hearty vegetarian delight. And um, actually, I just want to call out that in um, that recipe, it just brings all of the flavors of the classic chana masala, Mm. which you might uh, people might know from uh, restaurants. It just brings all of that into a hearty bowl of soup. And, oh, it's one of my favorites. Yes, with the chickpeas and the kale and the potatoes and cilantro. And you finish with a little bit of yogurt and the fresh cilantro leaves and the raw red onion. Just all of it together. Um, Oh, just looks so beautiful. Talk about um, (laughs) Yeti Gassi, please. That is another favorite dish of mine. (laughs) I love shrimp. Or prawns. I do too. Um, in general, I am a big fish and seafood fan, and that recipe is actually from one of the southern states um, in the country. And it's spicy, it's tangy, it has a little bit of sweet. It's a whole like complex flavors going in that curry. 
um, in which the shrimp are cooked. So it's absolutely lip-smacking, delicious, mm. um, and it goes so well with rice. Or any other bread is also fine, but the rice is um, just the best. I want to spoon the sauce. Yes, spoon the sauce over the (laughs) rice and then use my naan to soak the rest up. Yep, that works. Okay, good (laughs) good plan. uh, On the next page, the halibut poached in spiced coconut milk broth looks extraordinary too. Yeah, that's another um, southern um, recipe. Mm. It is from the state of Kerala, the southernmost state in India. And it's actually a very mild, it's not at all... Spicy, but it has like the sweetness coming from coconut, some red onions that you use to make the sauce, and then a burst of flavor from the cherry tomatoes. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, and you know, the electric pressure cooker, people might be surprised that why would you cook fish and seafood in an electric pressure cooker or pressure cooker in general? But trust me, if you want consistent results and not overcook your fish or seafood, your pressure cooker is the most reliable to get it consistent and perfect every single time. And this recipe and like other fish and seafood recipes just come out perfect. I'm so in, thrilled in you said that because it's true. You're maintaining the moisture. There is yes. very little ability to overcook the fish and you're infusing it with flavor in a a locked compartment where you can Mm -hmm. only get bigger, bolder goodness. So why wouldn't you, yeah, why wouldn't you use (laughs) your uh, electric appliance? It makes perfect sense. I have a question about ingredients here, and I love that you list the essentials in the back. And I'm not sure that I will butcher the name, but Asafetida? Asafetida, yes. Think of it as that one key ingredient in Indian cuisine that gives it its characteristic aroma, Mm -hmm. flavor. Mm -hmm. It's what Indian cooking or Indian cuisine makes Indian cuisine, really. Mm. Um, It's really a dried sap from the root of um, an herb. Um, That herb is like a celery root, um, and it's... Uh, dried and ground to a fine powder, and then it might be mixed in with, um, like, turmeric at times, a little salt at times. It depends on the brand that you buy it from the Indian store, but it has a lot of, like, medicinal properties, um, and it has a huge significance in the Ayurveda style of cooking. But it's one of the most basic ingredients in Indian cooking, it is added to the oil. When you first heat the oil, you add asafoetida and then either your cumin seeds or your mustard seeds and your turmeric to season the oil. And oh. that's your basic or that's how you start cooking. Yeah, you bloom those spices, right? So that you bring yeah. out all of their aroma. All right, I, I will get some at the Indian market along with some jaggery. That is the, um, yes. the sugar cane, <laughs> right, that you use, very similar to the Spanish or Mexican-style um, piloncillo. Uh, and, yes. and that's a traditional, um, a t- traditional ingredient in your cooking. Um, leave us with this on a sweet note. You make a mm-hmm. chocolate orange, is it pirni? So this is a, a, like a rice and milk pudding. I happen to love rice pudding. I was raised in the Jewish culture. That is very uh-huh. traditional. 
uh, to have a rice pudding. And this looks luscious in your digital pressure cooker, in your Instant Pot? Actually, the Instant Pot um, or any other electric pressure cooker works very well for it. Again, to lock the flavors and to really infuse um, the ingredients with the the, uh, flavors that you are trying to develop, the pressure cooker does a really good job. And it's very efficient in cooking the rice that you are using to cook here. Um, And this flavor, the chocolate and orange flavor combo, mm. I it's just one of my favorites and actually everyone in my family loves that flavor combination. That just works so incredibly well in this recipe. Um, okay. <laughs> as I'm talking, I'm thinking about it. Right, of course. Watering, and now you have to make it for dessert tonight. And I might too. I might start with dessert and then move backwards to tikka masala because life is very uncertain. This is a beautiful book. <laughs> Um, that has so much passion in it. And I know the time and the energy that went into um, your testing and retesting of these recipes to make it so powerful for us to use our appliances. And you know me, I, I love my kitchen appliances. So yeah. um, it's, really, um, it, it's really a beautiful work of art. Congratulations to you. Uh, the wide Thank array, you. yes, kudos to you. The wide array of flavors in Indian cuisine, certainly as varied as the country itself, the rich traditions of different regions all shared from the warming soups and the stews and the hearty rice and grain dishes to the decadent desserts. The book entitled Authentic Indian Cooking with Your Instant Pot. Please look it up because once you experience how fast and flavorful it is to cook Indian dishes in a digital pressure cooker, no matter which kind you have, I think that we will all wonder how we ever lived without this cookbook before. Um, Really a a beautiful testament to your heritage, your culture, Vasanti, and we thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. It was amazing uh, chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure to have you. Thank you for sharing your passion. You do hear from the greatest culinary thinkers on this show, providing inspiration to make every day more delicious. So if you're not hungry by now, then I have not done my job. Uh, Grab a snack and come on back. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. There's lots more fabulous food right after this. Welcome back, Chef Jamie Gwen, in your radio. When I say we have the greatest culinary thinkers on this show, I mean it. Andrew Zimmern is something of an enigma in the food world. He does it all. From celebrity chef to restaurateur to food critic to TV personality to grand culinary teacher to children's author, he is an Emmy-winning and four-time James Beard award-winning gentleman. And I know so, having had the opportunity to grace a stage with him in years past, and he has graced this show before, and so delighted to have him back. He is beloved by many, highly respected for his candor and his passion, regarded as one of the most knowledgeable personalities in the food world. We love him, of course, as the host of Bizarre Foods franchise and his MSNBC series, What's Eating America?, It's his latest project that he's dishing on called Family Dinner. 
And so he joins us live to dish. And I am so delighted. Andrew, welcome back. Hello. Oh, hi, Jamie. Thank you. That's <laughs> Very, very, very kind of you, and you're exaggerating tremendously, uh, but I appreciate it. <laughs> Folks should also know that they can go to magnolia.com uh, and download the Magnolia app yes. uh, onto all their devices and see everything uh, Magnolia, uh, but uh, all the shows are there as well, including some material you don't get on Discovery Plus, which of course is the, uh, the Magnolia Network workshops where talent on the TV side of the Magnolia brand will be showing people how-tos uh, in, uh, in more short form, uh, but people can also see uh, my series both on the app and on D+. Yeah, this, the app itself is super cool, I have to tell you. I mean, so interactive and so much time and energy and passion poured into it. You don't often see um, a network, and I call it that because it's um, multi-platform, right? You don't often see a network launch new content and such talent the way that Magnolia is. And I would love to know if you would share with all of us the, the making of family dinner. I, the the sure. concept is glorious, but it gave you an opportunity to travel again. And we know you love that. Well, well, sure. You know, it's, 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 it's funny you say that you don't often get a chance to join a new network. Sure. Um, and that, that was something that intrigued me tremendously. Um, it's also a new network that has been created in partnership between two people who are friends of mine and a company that I had worked for for a dozen years. So, it, I mean, it's, it, it, it was a natural fit for me from a business proposition. But the most interesting thing about it, uh, Chip, Joe, and, and Allison Page, who, uh, who, who runs the network, uh, you know, they approached me and said, we'd like a, an intuitive content show, which is our production company that makes TV for both myself and lots of other folks uh, out there, and uh, digital and linear. Mm-hmm. And they love our look and feel and our storytelling when it comes to food and travel and they wanted a show from Intuitive, and, and we sat on a Zoom call, and they said, do you have any ideas? And I said, yes, family dinner. And they said, explain that. And I said, I want to, you know, someone should go around the country and, and dine with families mm-hmm. uh, because it's important that we celebrate not only our commonalities as, as human beings, but we have to celebrate our differences. And th- th- that comes out over the family table. And we've disintegrated the family table consistently over the last hundred years. And we need to start reintegrating that into our lives. We need to spend time together. I've been struggling with that with my own family, where, you know, Friday night, everyone was around the dinner table. Uh, and, you know, my new travel schedule, I fly home from taping almost every Friday morning. So I'm home on Friday nights. Uh, as often as possible. It, it's, an in, it's an incredible thing when you have a show that is self-described just in the two-word title, but it is what it is. Right. So I, I walk in in the morning and I walk out at night extremely well-fed, but what happens in between is that we get a chance to learn from each other. And we have found and cast the most incredible families uh, of, of every uh, nationality, ethnicity, uh, family makeup, some biological, some non-biological, mm-hmm. all with incredible stories, all with something to tell folks either about preserving the tradition or about recreating it because they have suffered because they stopped. Mm-hmm. Some families had never done it together but had suffered tragedy and found a, a, a new desire to reconnect to everyone, and they decided to do it over a meal and never stopped. 
Mm -hmm. um, everyone can relate to it. You, I mean, you know, I have, I have a saying that comes from my first book. Food is great. Food with a story is better. Yes. Food with a story you haven't heard of is better than that. <laughs> and food with a story that you haven't heard of but that you can relate to is best of all. Of and we can all relate to the archetypes. All families essentially do the same thing. It is a powerful message. It is a beautiful show, and we will loyally watch. I will never forget, Andrew, when you designed your creation of five questions. You used to pose queries to chefs, and I had the absolute privilege of gracing your website with those five questions. So I was going to give you five foods, but I know we're out of time. Just well, share. Please, yeah. Re reconnect reconnect with us and I'm happy. To Will come you come on. back and do five foods? Oh, I love it. Okay. Cause I want you to know, I just bettered my chicken parm because of you and I'm right steaming on. muscles because I was salivating watching you do so. That's dinner tonight. Thank oh, you again, thank you, Andrew. Jeff. Please come, come it. grace the show again. Thank you. Most thank certainly. you. Thank you. You stay well. We'll talk to you soon. Congratulations. And so that brings us to the end of another hour of delicious inspiration. Well, at least I hope you thought so. I thank you for listening and I hope you'll tune in every weekend for lots more fabulous food and scrumptious tastes in your radio, but don't go just yet. Let me leave you with my last bite, as I call it, my last ounce or tidbit of culinary conversation for the hour. Do you love salmon? Do you love your air fryer? Well, I love both. And I'll tell you, there is something beautiful about a juicy piece of salmon with a crispy crust out of the air fryer in less than 10 minutes. And you could make it simple and plain, but why not make it honey mustard air fryer salmon? So just recently on NBC, I shared a three ingredient honey mustard sauce that is delicious on about everything, including your elbow, by the way. Uh, I did it on a pecan crusted piece of chicken. Uh, it's perfect for picnics and Wednesday dinners and Saturday night shindigs too. But I took the leftover homemade honey mustard in the mason jar in my fridge and I generously brushed the top of a filet of salmon and put it in the air fryer. And I have to tell you, it was delectable. It's equal parts of Dijon mustard, mayonnaise, and honey. And you know my secrets to mayonnaise, right? It gives you the best crust on the grill and in the air fryer on almost every protein. So I'll share the honey mustard air fryer salmon on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen. And I hope you'll make it this week and let me know how yours turns out. Please stay healthy and tune in next week and join me for more delicious conversation. Until then, I thank you for listening. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen signing off and I hope you continue to eat well. Bye.